Hey, Tim, how's it going? Hey, man, it is going fantastic. It's, uh, you know, the sun's starting to come up. Uh, oh, it's snowing out there. Damn, I'm going to have to shovel once again. Piles you don't have a snowblower? Uh, you have to shovel any snow there, uh, David? Or No, it's in, I'm in an apartment building, so they shovel the snow yeah. for me. Oh, they shovel the snow there for you in Columbia? Yeah, yeah. whenever it snows, they, they handle it. I don't even notice. <laughs> It's it uh, it snows devil's breath or scopolamine, right? No right. one's no one's hit you up with that uh, wonder drug yet. Not yet, though. My bank account is no. going lower, so maybe I should look oh into it, goodness. see if there's any weird photos on my phone or something. Yeah. Hey, you you are doing a bunch of catch us up on your work, man. Like you're doing a bunch of work with the Android Ayn Rand Institute. I see that you're yeah. posting on Facebook that you are um, you're doing a Q&A on abortion or something like that on Wednesday and you're yeah so yeah so I'm working for the Ayn Rand Institute generally in their marketing department so I'm doing a lot of stuff around new content um, and marketing strategies but then I've also started to do a pilot on their live weekly webinar or their like they do a weekly um, live session so typically it was like a 20-minute presentation on a topic by one of their intellectuals followed by Q&A or testing out doing more of like this kind of thing where I'm interviewing them about a specific topic. So, right. so far we've done one on Israel and why anyone would care about Israel. Um, and we did one on drug use. Is it wrong to do drugs at all? Is right. like, is it a broad principle? And then, yeah, this week, or I suppose by this, the time this comes out, it might've passed, but on abortion. And then we'll do one on privilege is my last one of my like test. And if they go well, then I'll keep uh, doing them. And it's interesting to get to kind of, from my perspective, to kind of get more of the objectivist view on some of these like more specific issues because there's not as much, uh, you know, in the nonfiction and stuff about this kind of stuff. Right, right. Cool. So if people want to follow you and what you're doing there at ARI, where would they go? Uh, so Philosophy for Living on Earth is the name of the series. On Facebook, uh, there's a Philosophy for Living on Earth page and that has a lot of clips from it. So it's more shareable and that kind of stuff. And then just on the ARI YouTube, Ayn Rand Institute on YouTube is where the full or on Facebook is where the full uh, live streams and episodes are. Right. Okay, cool. 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 So shifting. Uh, yes, this is, we were talking about objectivism just before in sort of the contrast with libertarianism, but it came up mm -hmm. with respect to fascism actually. Um, so yeah. you said that there's someone you know who was a libertarian who is now a fascist. Um, yep. And I didn't even know people were just like explicitly consciously fascist. I thought it was more just like a trending, like people had like tendencies towards it. I didn't even know there were yeah. just, I'm a fascist. Um, so why don't you tell us a bit about how this came up? Because you're going to be meeting him and you wanted to kind of, yeah. I don't know, floss your brain about it and think through yep. it a little bit about why there are libertarians who become fascists and, and how to, you know, plug that hole if, it, if it's happening. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a tough one, right? It, um, yeah, so I, I'm meeting this guy. I don't want to use names here. I don't want to out the guy, you know, in part because I have some, I don't know, I, I like – this guy convinced me to get involved in politics in the first place back when he was a libertarian. I was very resistant to it. I thought it was a bad idea. And, you know, he 
he, he convinced me, I like, I helped his wife out with immigration. You know, we've, we've just got this history and I've kind of got a soft spot for him. I, I feel like he's kind of a lost boy in a lot of ways. I, I've always kind of felt that about him and I, I've always wanted to try to help him get his, his stuff together. And, you know, and, and he's, you know, so I, I, it breaks my heart that this guy is now describing himself as a fascist and going down this kind of darker path I see. Um, so just for people who don't know what it means to self-describe as a fascist, uh, it my understanding is that he literally thinks there should be one dictator in charge um, and that the government that that dictator basically owns and runs has the right to use any means and use every uh, everyone's private property. They'd still retain private property, but they can, the government can use it anytime they want in any way they want. Uh, well, I don't know if he would say that. Um, okay. You know, I think to him from what I've read, and this is part of what I'm going to find out when I talk to him, because I'm going to pick his brain about this. I want to figure out what he is, has attracted him to this, what, where he thinks, how, how he defeats arguments uh, against liberty, you know, against liberty and find out just where his thinking's at. Right. And, and, you know, from what I've read online, from some of his posts, he's like, he likes the idea of, of um, discipline, of nationhood, of striving, of excellence, of, um, you know, all, all these things that there's these positive aspects that he says are that, that we would all kind of maybe get behind that are like core to fascist ideology. And that's, I think from what I gather, what's attracting him, whether he would say that a dictator. Now I think he would probably also say that um, the government ought to be in charge of culture, right? Like it ought to impose this culture on its citizens of, of self-discipline of, whatever improving your character of like being unified as a nation of being separate from other nations like all these things um and and that I, so i think the key difference here is that where i would say like a lot of those things are good ideas like people should be self-disciplined we should um try to build up our character we we should try to unify around a common common values right as a nation uh, but I would say that the worst way to achieve that is through government or some kind of dictatorship or force um, that you can't do that, right? That, that it has to be through free, free speech and persuasion and uh, voluntary interaction and not through force. So, so, you know, but it'll be interesting to see exactly how far he's gone because I've kind of seen this erosion like the slow slide over to where he's at now. And so who knows, maybe he's now fully on board with like tossing people out of helicopters and, you know, doing all sorts of evil shit. Yeah. If they dissent from the state, then they have to be rid of, but so you had mentioned um, again, just, you know, before we started recording about how you had thought that once someone's a libertarian, it's hard to, you know, fall away from that because you, it's yeah. like it, once you're opposed to slavery, it's hard to be reconvinced that slavery is somehow good. But I actually right. see that fascism would have a harder grip on people than libertarianism, right? Like once someone thinks that is good, it's going to be hard to convince them otherwise. Why did you think 
libertarianism is so strong? And do you have any hypothesis as to why he and others tend from libertarianism to Right. Um, well, well here's here. I think here's the mistake I made. Right. And you're right. I always used to say that, um, look, once you're an abolitionist, you don't go back to apologizing for slavery. Right. You don't go back to supporting slavery um, because you've recognized a moral truth. You've accepted the principle that humans ought to own themselves, not other people. And and once the scales are removed from your eyes and you see that truth, it's not like you can now unsee it. Right. And so I looked at libertarianism the same way. Now, maybe it's because I came to libertarianism through objectivism uh, and it, and objectivism starts with first principles. And so I just assume other libertarians come at it from first principles like I do. And that once you're, you're convinced of a first principle and you follow logically and the syllogisms and everything else, it's like, you can't argue against these bulletproof points. Right. Like how could I go back to saying I don't own myself? right? Uh, I just can't. Okay. But maybe other people come to, and, and I'm seeing this more and more that people come to libertarianism for all sorts of different reasons that have nothing to do with first principles or self-ownership. They come, come at libertarianism because 9-11 was an inside job at, that the government screwed over and we need to be opposed to that government. They come to libertarianism uh, because they want the right to be able to smoke pot and they don't give a flying hoot about the gun owners rights to shoot their AR-15 or they, they come to libertarianism because they want to be able to go shoot their AR-15, but they don't give a wit about pot. They kind of see that as weird. They don't really care that the government, uh, you know, enforces drug laws or something like that. So they, they kind of glom onto this because they see these people fighting for liberty, uh, fighting for what, for their liberty in this specific instance. Um, and, and, uh, and so they glom onto it and call themselves libertarian, but they have no grounding in it. They have no philosophical grounding to inform that libertarianism. It's just kind of a, a gut feeling or something like that. that yeah. uh, that's the best way I can describe it maybe. And so, I mean, this is where you like, you know, my, I'm coming from an objectivist viewpoint as well. Generally, I'm still new into investigating it. Um, but this is where, like from my understanding, objectivism and Ayn Rand in particular was opposed to the libertarian movement as such. And so like you have a lot of the first principles and even from other aspects of your digging into life, right? Nonviolent communication and other things, you have a good grounding of what's important and, and why these principles are valid. But just advocating libertarianism as such doesn't um, give that grounding, right? And doesn't give people guidance as to why this is important, why this is the truth, um, why this is a value. Right. And that is the thing that they need to really stand strongly in it. And I think in particular, I think in particular, it's needing something, a positive thing to strive for. So a lot of morality generally is it's, you shouldn't do these things. And so the, limited amount of like explicit morality I understand from libertarianism is you should not, um, you know, initiate force, but that's not something to strive for. Yeah. Objectivism's morality has something to strive for. And so, so does fascism, right? Like there, here's the goal I'm aiming at, right? So especially for lost boys. And what is the goal of objectivism? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, your own life and happiness. Right. And, and right, it's, right. and it gives some like purpose, your purpose, self-esteem and reason are the ultimate values that you should try mm -hmm. to attain. But 
there's broad ways you like there's an infinite number of purposes and ways to earn self-esteem yeah. and these sorts of things but it does give something to aim at whereas just saying yeah. that no the non-initiation of force so especially for lost boys it's like yeah. okay i here's what i shouldn't do but i still don't know what i should do and then some strong man can say yeah, yeah, yeah. here's what you should do no and that's totally fair i mean you can relate that to atheism for example right it's like okay, it's easy to come to the conclusion that all these claims about a magical sky person um, that uses, you know, magic to make everything happen is, is obviously false, right? I mean, so yeah, I'm an atheist. Okay, that just tells me one thing I don't believe in, right? Yeah. But it doesn't tell me how I should live a moral life now. It doesn't, doesn't disabuse me of all sorts of other crazy beliefs or something like that. It doesn't give me something to aim at, right? So I almost think that, yeah, yeah. So I can see why religion is more attractive than just atheism, right? Because right. atheism is nothing. It's it's the absence of a thing, right? And so, like, what what do you do with that? Nothing. You can't do anything with it. Even though I'm an atheist, yeah, I acknowledge that. And this is why I, I think most atheists, why, why there's so many statists who are atheists, right? Who yeah. like they, they're atheists who worship the state, like the state replaces them as God. I call them statheists. Uh, you know, they're atheists that, that have replaced God with the state in terms of their non-corporeal deity that they believe in or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think to a large degree, I think you're right about libertarianism in that, you know, I've often described it as an attitudinal disposition of skepticism towards all sorts of wacky, extraordinary claims. Right. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that's why I've, I, I've, I have an attitudinal disposition of skepticism towards objectivism. And I think that they, that they get for the most part, I think they get their first principles, right. But I think some of the conclusions violate their own first principles, like intellectual property, for example, like uh, advocating for government or minarchy. You know, I think that the logical extension has to be an abolition of intellectual, intellectual property regime and an abolition of government. If you're holding to objectivist principles um, and that's my problem with it. But, um, it, you know, so my problem with objectivism, like some people might leave objectivism because it's too rigid or inflexible or like, it doesn't let me go with just my feelings, man. And like, right. yeah, like with, but with me, it's not rigorous enough. Like it doesn't go far enough. Like it, it you know, I want more <laughs> logic than objectivism is offering because I see that where Rand has come to some wrong conclusions or something like that. So, and, and it's those people that seem to drift like the opposite people to me that seem to drift further and further into exploring different, like trying on different political ideologies and philosophies, right? Like fascism or some people drift over to the left and become more so like, you know, I've seen libertarians become basically climate change warriors or right climate activists, right. And demanding carbon taxes and government subsidies for this and that. So Mm -hmm. it's not just a, a libertarian, a fascist pipeline it's so there there i I guess i'm just troubled by the amount of libertarians that are becoming just giant dirty fucking statists you know it's ridiculous it's it's disappointing it makes me mad um to see it and i and it's frustrating really it's frustrating um yeah i don't think you know what, what what i think a lot of it is 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 insecurity Right. It's like people are becoming more and more afraid. They're more and more insecure about the state of the world. They see coronavirus. They see all these articles about climate change. They see all these articles about migration. And, you know, they start to they start to to their social media feed and all their inputs coming into their brain 
are uh, curated in such a way to constantly make them angry, afraid, frustrated, just constantly dwelling in negative emotions. And when you have, when you're afraid, you want security. And that's when you start demanding the state give you some security, right? And libertarianism offers no security as such. It offers, uh, (laughs) it offers you like, you're you're the ultimate arbiter of your security and your flourishing it's not some external forces and people don't want to hear that when they're in a state of crisis i know this because i'm an emergency worker i respond to people who are panicking who are and they're begging for help and they they want someone where with in authority to save them from that right it's um so i almost feel like it would be a better a better um endeavor it you know rather than go around and preach liberty all the time to teach people not to be afraid how to how to confront stress how to confront fear how to how to own themselves fully um maybe that's a better way of of approaching this activism because damn it you know it seems like as many people as i turn towards liberty we lose right now we're losing twice as many to the statist pipeline. Right. And I think your idea of security being top of people's mind makes sense. And that libertarianism advocates that you are responsible for your own security and for everything else, but it doesn't give specific guidelines as to how, as to what, right. It's that atheistic mentality. And so for a lot of people who are, it's very difficult to discover that on your own, right. And even if you don't agree with all of objectivism or all the nonviolent communication principles or Buddhist principles, it's very hard to investigate the world and come to your own conclusions. Um, And that is what people have to do ultimately, regardless of which guideline they start at. Um, And so especially it playing in the political sphere, people trend elsewhere. But I want to ask why you think it's valuable to talk to a fascist because like, is this not a lost cause and things like that? Because, you know, there was a time where I was, are you still there? Yeah. Sorry. You just froze there for a sec. You're All asking right. why it's valuable to talk to a fascist or why I think it's valuable. To talk yeah. To a fascist. So, cause you also had considered talking like maybe having him on a podcast or something And, you know, a year or so ago, I considered interviewing Faith Goldie, and I got a lot of positive and negative feedback about that. Um, You know, are we giving these people a platform? Are we helping spread their views? Why talk to someone uh, who's so lost? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I was lost at one time, right? You know, I, I, this is probably my evangelical roots coming back. It, it's this idea that people can change their choices. They can change their mind um, about things. And that, that you know, if you can turn people away from evil and towards good, that's probably a good thing. Um, and that, that's part of it. But I, I also think another part of it is, like, I'm really curious what the thought process is. Like, how do you square this, you know, circle? Like, I don't get it. I, it, you know, where's the logic and trying to understand it, I think is valuable because, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to prevent this from happening to other people, if we're going to see where 
the errors in their thinking are, where the errors in their logic are that, that allow them to come to this conclusion, we can preemptively deal with those and say, okay, well, you know, and, and inculcate people. We can kind of inoculate people against this kind of thinking. Um, that's my hope anyway. That's my thought, uh, you know. So, like, I, I'm not going into this conversation with the goal of, well, I am. I, I kind of, part of me hopes that I can turn this guy around and, like, say, dude, what are you doing? Like, why why are you going down this path? It's 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 not only wrong, it's like, uh, on a political level, it's like self-destructive personally. Yeah. Like you're, you know, look at, at the state of your life right now. Is it where you want to be? Is this the kind of life you want? Are the people that you're hanging out with all these edgy um, people who are talking about whatever, is that, is that improving your life? Like, you know, you, you're, are you closer to having the family you want? Are you closer to having the career you want? Are you closing, closer to uh, achieving your dreams? Or is, you know, and how is going down this this thought process going to help you? I, I'm, I, I just, you know, I, I feel like is there some intervention that could be done? I don't know. I'd love to try it, you know? Yeah. Because I just, I have a history with this guy and, and it does sadden me and it disturbs me a little bit. Um, and I would genuinely like to see this guy succeed at life and come around from the dark side of the force to the good side or something. But yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense. And, you know, with respect to people's individual flourishing and happiness, it's important to kind of call their attention to the life they have around them. But, you know, I just reread, finished rereading Atlas Shrugged and a lot of the mentality of those characters is, well, the life I have isn't the right one because my system's not fully in place, right? And yeah. so it's like they almost, it's it's a carrot they can never yes. catch, right? So it's yeah. like, oh, my life, no, no, yes, right now my life's not great, but that's because the system's not in place. Um, and so they have that cause and effect reversed. Um, and more broadly, I, I do agree with, wanting to understand people like this, right? Like I definitely was a very lost person and I can understand how some stuff can catch people's, you know, attention. And I want to know exactly what caused this person. And if they can, if they have the introspective ability to tell me why they've been attracted to it and I want to understand it so I can help other people who might be falling down and and cat preempt some of these arguments and things like that. I think it's really important and I also, in terms of, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to sharing that conversation because I think I trust in reason. I trust that people are rational and that none of my peers will be converted to his mentality. And if they yeah. are, then they were close to that anyways. I'm more, I bet on more people being converted away than being converted to illogic and, and illogical, you know, views of the world. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And I think that, you know, if you, yeah, exactly. Like I don't buy this. We shouldn't give these people a platform. You know, I, I would prefer to hear about it, right? Because the only platform they get is from people who straw man their position and, right. and paint, you know, they're like, so this guy is describing himself as an actual fascist, but <laughs> There are, there are other people that the left calls a fascist that aren't a fascist, right? Part I, of me thinks I'm that... I'm a fascist that, probably, according to the right, left. Right, right. 
part of me thinks that this guy is just like, oh, you think I'm a fascist? Okay, I'll show you. I'll be a fascist. Right? Right. I, I see that kind of mentality all the time. It's like, and it's kind of like at some point when, when people continually call you something and push you into some sort of identity that they tell you you are, um, you, you know, it's like they're the only people you can find any kind of def- safe place with is those people that they're calling you. So if you, if you're continually yeah. called a fascist, if everyone's calling you a fascist and you're just like despised by most people because they identify you as a fascist, even though you know you're not and you're like, whatever, it's just like, eventually you're going to be like, you know what? The only people that accept me now are the fascists. And right. I guess they're my gang now. And that's where I'm going to find my community. And so now, yeah, okay. I'm going to be a fascist. What do, what do I have to believe in that? Okay. Fair enough. I yeah. And I think. You're there. Kind of frozen. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, it can be easy to be dismissive of people like that, but I think it comes back to what we were talking about, about like the security or not. If you're trying to figure out who you are and what you stand for, and a lot of people, especially the mainstream, are telling you you're a fascist, right? It's not like they'll yell at you, you're a libertarian or you're an objectivist, and that'll give you, oh, I must have some views that align with these people. Let me investigate libertarianism or objectivism. They'll yell, you're a fascist. And it's like, well, I must have some views that agree with fascism. Let me look into that. And then, oh, yeah, I agree with some. Maybe this is logical. I'm not starting from ground zero. I'm starting from premises, right? So it's, you know, if everyone was yelled at, you're a libertarian, it would be different. Um, But I think that... Oh, you know, well, maybe, maybe you just hit on a strategy there. Maybe what we ought to do is talk about all the good things people are. Hey, you're a fantastic person. You must be a libertarian. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, dude. I know you say you're that, but no, you're really a libertarian. You don't want to hurt people. <laughs> you won't believe in self-ownership. You don't think there should be rulers stomping jackboots on necks. I know yeah. you're a good person, even though you're saying this stuff, you're a libertarian dude. Don't try yeah. to pull, one, pull the wool over my eyes with all that status rhetoric. I know deep down on your libertarian maybe, maybe i should try that i mean that's the approach i want to try and take with my more like hippie left-wing friends right the ones that are into the spirituality right. and that kind of stuff because i'm still really into that and that's how i got into objectivism yeah. and libertarianism but they see no connection so i literally am like no no like you do agree with these principles i know you don't understand you agree yeah. with these principles but dude you really you're not the, you're not the evil you're not the evil monster you're trying to portray yourself <laughs> as right now you actually believe in freedom and you want people to flourish and be self-determined and and own themselves dude you, you you're not evil it's why are you putting off this front right but, exactly yeah, i'm gonna try that maybe a little bit more yeah i i think it's a good tactic I'm going to try that with On this the spot, fascist I'm meeting that. later this morning. Yeah. So do you have any last thoughts? Uh, we'll, we'll have a, we can meet and have another call to talk about how it went and, and like flush out your thought, flesh out your thoughts after. Yeah. But do you have any thought, any last thoughts going in other than uh, giving him a book of Ayn Rand to read? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Um, well, no, I, I mean, I, I'm curious, like, I, I just have a lot of questions for him. You know, I'm just going into this with curiosity, like, you know, at the end of the day, um, 
is, you know, see where his head's at, try to pinpoint this, uh, what, where this thought process is coming for, from and how people can kind of subscribe to this stuff. And, you know, you know, at the end of the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you have any suggestions for what questions I should ask him or, well, I really think it's about focusing more on the personal angle. Like the more you can see, okay, how would this principle apply to your life to, if you had a family or like, how would you apply these principles and why do you think they all of a sudden work? And is your life how you right. want it to be? If he says, right. yes, I love my life. Um, then it's hard to yeah. convince well, people and, otherwise. And, and, right. And to be, and to be fair to this guy, you know, I, I've seen him on like, he's, he says, I'm pulling back from social media and from blogging and from doing videos and stuff. And I'm going to focus on my own personal life. He's hit the, starting to hit in the gym. He's doing all these other things. So, you know, maybe what he's describing is a personal philosophy of like, I'm going to take more, I'm going to be the, a, my own dictator in my own life and I'm going to get my ass in shape and I'm going to yeah. whatever. Right. Maybe that's his, you know, so yeah, I'll, I'd be curious to see what he says, but you know what? I'll give you guys an update and let you know uh, how the conversation went. I'll let you know uh, what his thought process is and where he's at and see if we can get a little more insight into this uh, so-called libertarian to fascist pipeline. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think, I, th I think you have a very good point about, um, about, you know, you need something to believe in, not something to not believe in. Right. Right. And, and so we need to figure out what that something is. And, and I think that the objectivist idea is a good place to start that you're about, it's about self ownership. It's about um, flourishing prosperity, you know, all those things being the best version of yourself you can. And in order to do that, yes, you need to be free of coercion. You need to be, you know, and all those, all that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I would want people to, really look at the first principles of liberty and operate from a first principles perspective rather than uh, a gut feeling perspective. Right. And because I think that that is where a lot of people lose the plot and why they're not solid advocates for liberty and why they go off one direction or another. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess that's my thought. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think regardless yeah, it's not take objectivism or any other thing as doctrine. It's about figure out what makes sense to you and what you want to live for, um, really and truly, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All, All right, right, cool. Get, get, go get yourself some scopolamine and go uh, videotape some donkey humpers and, uh, you know, say hi to the Medellin cartel for me, see if we can't set up some kind of a pharmaceutical trade route. Uh, that'll get me rich. Uh, you know, that's your homework assignment. All right. Thanks, Tim. All right, buddy. Talk to you later.